0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. We're taping on Tuesday, November 16th. We're coming your way on Wednesday, November 17th. And today it's handicapping. It spreads. It's over-unders. Maybe a prop or two. I'm your co-host, Scott Pianowski. I will be joined by my good friend and um, host of Yahoo Sportsbook Daily and and Handicapper to the Stars, Mr. Frank Schwab. He'll be here in a second. Before we say hello to Frank, let's just remind everybody that the lines that we discussed today come courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. And if you haven't gotten over there, great place to do your NFL business. They've got a deal for new users. You can create a BetMGM account and place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 if that bet loses. You get that bet amount up to $1,000 added back to your account in free bets. You must be 21 years of age or older in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Terms, of course, do apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started with that first deposit or use the promo code yahoo when making your first deposit. And Hopefully, we'll give you some winners or we'll give you something to fade. We'll give you something to think about. Enough of the preamble, let's bring him in. Hardest working man in show business, Frank Schwab. Aloha. We were just
0: talking before about how, you know, I mean, underdogs are killing it in the NFL. We love betting underdogs and somehow our picks have been quite mediocre. We need to turn that around. I I was shocked. I I I guess I knew that underdogs are doing really well, but I think they are hitting 57.7% uh, road road underdogs are hitting like 62 and a half or something i it, it's just been it's been the year of the underdog and you know a few it's funny a few weeks ago we were talking about oh nobody's ever gonna lose in their survival pool like all the nobody's losing straight up and that's just gone completely awire it seems like you can't find any favorite at all to win straight up
1: everybody's losing my handicapping ethos has always been when in doubt take the points if you don't feel sold on the favorite and i don't know how i'm having close to a 500 season. I might be in in some pools. I might be a little bit over 500, but this is, this should have been a year that was right up my alley and it hasn't been. Although I did do the right thing on Monday night. Okay. I mean, I saw a line that was out of whack. I knew the underdog was the right side. And so, of course, Frank, I pounded the Providence College Friars to to beat that embarrassment Uh, of a Wisconsin basketball team. In fact, I heard that the Wisconsin alums were so dissatisfied with the Badgers that they were actually betting on Providence, too. Can you confirm or deny uh, that report? I I can't. I I
0: don't know what you're talking about.
1: No idea. No idea of any
0: Wisconsin alum that had Providence plus five and a half because they knew that Wisconsin is not very good this year and would be lucky to make the NIT as we, you know, hey. People out there, that they, they disagree with betting against your team. I say, if you know your favorite team stinks, at least make a profit. It's an emotional hedge, right? Like, that's what it is. Uh, but congrats your Providence. They they were clearly the
1: better team, and Wisconsin has a long way to go. But at least it's still football season. Yeah, long live the fifth-year senior season of Nate Watson, who's going to be. I'll tell you what, Providence is not a perfect team, but Ed Kool is a very easy guy to root for. And yeah, good Nate coach. Watson's a good ball player. They got some good, you know, they, they still need to work on defense, but. I think they have a good six or seven-man rotation. I think Providence might have a chance to make the tournament, which for Providence basketball is always a good year, and and Ed Cool is a good man. So, uh, and again, Frank's, you know, he's on all sorts of gambling platforms at Yahoo. We have some really great, I don't know if the Providence-Wisconsin game got juices flowing, but I mean, that Villanova-UCLA game was terrific. UCLA is going to be playing Gonzaga before the month is through. There's a lot of great college basketball coming your way. So I hope you're watching it, and I hope maybe you're making a couple bucks on it. Our goal here is to help you with your NFL picks. We cannot help you with the Broncos and Rams. They do not play in Week 11. And then based on what I saw from Denver and L.A., uh, probably a good thing. Maybe a good time to reboot. I mean, the Rams, they they took a pretty good tumble in your power ranks, if I remember correctly. Uh, A few spots, and they deserve it. I mean, look, two weeks in a row, you look
0: really, really sloppy. Uh, you know, I, I the Titans win or the Titans loss was kind of fluky, right? It was like Stafford loses his mind for about a minute and a half and throws two crazy interceptions and you give them 14 points so an NFL team, you're going to lose. But la- Monday night was just a do- domination. I, the 49ers came out. I didn't expect it. Obviously, you can look back at the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily podcast. I was saying the Rams, they beat bad teams. 49ers are a bad team. But, I mean, give give the 49ers credit. They just said, hey, this is how we're going to win this game. Rather to execute to do it, and they sure did. Uh, it was, you never felt like you were on the right side with the Rams. The entire game, like from the moment Stafford did the long interception to Beckham to the 49ers taking it all the way downfield and all scoring, you're like, okay, that I'm on the wrong side here. And I, I, I should have probably parachuted out with a live bet or something,
1: but it was just an ugly game for the Rams. Well, as usual, we will do the island games first as our week 11 preview gets going here, and then we'll, we'll get to. Ch- Kind of the better games on the Sunday slate, and then the speed round will be some of the lesser matchups. You never know with the NFL where the excitement's going to come from. Let's start Thursday. You know, I, I don't give you a hard time. I, I joke every once in a while about your power ranks, but I don't think the Patriots moved up at all, even though they beat the living snot yeah. out of the Browns. And I, I get it. You, the question is, well, who should they be above? They're, right now, they're number 10 in the Shawabank ranks. They're actually fifth in DVOA playing really good football right now. They go to a Falcons team that's looked about as good as you could look two weeks ago, and then they looked awful. They looked like they just met five minutes before the game last week. Falcons are catching six and a half, maybe even up to seven, depending on where you look at BetMGM, and the total is 47 and a half. You know, I don't want to pick against the Patriots. I'm I'm a New England guy. They're playing such great football right now, but I think the tax has applied, right? they saying this line would be 13 in New England. I'm going to have to hold my nose and, and probably be on the Falcons here. I don't like it. I may not have to watch this game. I, I may just have to you know, check the score on my phone. But the spread's high enough that I, I'm nervous. Look, I know they put up a big number against Cleveland, but I don't think of this as a juggernaut offense. I think they just caught the Browns on the right day. It's a team that doesn't beat itself. Granted, maybe the Falcons will just give the game away. I just think the spread's too high. I have to take the home dog. Yeah, I I mean, a lot of recency bias and play with this
0: line, right? Like, the Patriots are coming off, eh, and they played well for weeks now. It's just not a one-week thing. But they're coming off what's probably going to end up as their game of the year against the Browns. The Falcons, meanwhile, who were, crazy enough, a a playoff team last week. As Week 10 started, the Falcons were the seventh seed. They looked just horrible. They were just awful in that game against the Cowboys. But before that, they were all right. Matt Ryan had been playing well. I think the one factor here—I will be on the Falcons, too. I agree with you. The one factor here we got to keep an eye on is Cordell Patterson. I believe he's dinged up. I don't know if on a short week. He's definitely going to be in the lineup. I, and, I mean, it's crazy. Like, if you would have told me two months ago, I'd be like, oh, we got to wait to see if Cordell Patterson is going to play. And it told you, you're crazy. But he's had a really good year, and Atlanta doesn't have a lot of guys. Like, I, I mean, without Calvin Ridley, I really don't know where they turn to to produce any yards and points. So I think that's a big injury. But as long as Corderell is playing, I'll be on the Falcons here. And I, I just think— Again, yeah, I think this line is inflated a lot because of the recency bias. Do
1: you think New England has a legitimate chance to win the AFC East?
0: Uh, yeah, just because I think, well, I mean, they still got, I, I believe they got both games against the Bills coming up. And, you know, anytime you got that, you can, you know, you can you hold your own destiny in your hands, whatever you want to call it. And yes, I, they're, they're just playing really good football. And, and it's funny because early in the season, the Texans game, I, I watched that Texans game and they should have lost the Texans who are, in my mind, the worst team in football. And you just said, well, what is wrong with the Patriots? This is just – they spent all this money. They're not playing well. Even the defense got shredded by Davis Mills. look at Go go look at Davis Mills' game log, really. And you're going to just see bad game, bad game, bad game. Like 340 yards and a 110 rating. Bad game, bad game. Like it was just – I don't know what was going on at the Patriots that day. They're not a team that usually plays down their competition. But that day I thought the Patriots aren't a playoff team. I wrote it. There's a headline out there saying play, this team ain't a playoff team. Well, since then they've turned it around because Bill Belichick is as great as everybody says he is. There, there's no like uh, there's no like, oh, Belichick's been exposed without break. No, he's he's the greatest coach of all time. And you're seeing it this year. I Mac Jones playing, he's probably gonna win rookie of the year because quarterbacks always win awards. I'm sorry, Jamar Chase. And you just, I think the Patriots could, I think I'd still take the Bills to win the AFC East. If you're telling me like the Patriots are plus three, I don't know the current odds of MGM, but if they're plus 250, plus three, yeah, I'd take the Patriots then. But I think the Bills are still going to win the division, but the Patriots are, they're a lot better than I thought they'd be. They're clearly a playoff team and they might be a problem for some teams in the playoffs too.
1: So you talked about New England not being a team that generally plays down to level of competition. That's always been the story with the Steelers, right? I mean, We saw it the last two weeks. They let the Bears hang around. Maybe they should have lost that game. And I don't have the right words to describe what the Steelers and Lions did last week. I I guess ostensibly it was a football game. I feel like people say – some people say the game should be played to completion in the NFL, that somebody should win. To that point, I think it would have been a seven-hour game. I don't think anybody (laughs) was ever going to score in that game. But I do like the Steelers – when they're kind of backed in a corner i like the steelers as an underdog sunday night they go to la and we, we know the chargers we know the story here i'll be 80 percent, 90 percent steelers fans right now Pittsburgh's yeah. catching four and a half we don't know the roethlisberger status yet we don't know the tj watt status yet i i would think ben would probably play but you know i'm not a doctor i i don't, I don't want to say that's anywhere near definite as we talk on tuesday total is 47 and a half if you're so inclined this just seems like a mike tomlin special like that they're probably outclassed although the Chargers have had plenty of misses on their resume too they didn't play well last week I don't know what's happened to Mike Williams he was like a difference maker tearing up the league for a month and then it's like he retired he moved to Saskatchewan or something Mm I maybe he's playing hurt maybe they don't trust the offensive line to take deep shots I don't know what it is I know when I saw this line though I have to be on Pittsburgh this is a Mike Tomlin special game for me I I could
0: totally see that if Ben Roethlisberger and or T.J. Watt doesn't play, I couldn't. I don't think I could take the Steelers. I don't think I could trust them, because Mason Rudolph is just not the guy. Like he's he's just not a good starting NFL quarterback. He's not going to be that. I mean, I, I've talked week after week after week about how limited the Steelers' offense is with Ben, but we saw it could get a lot worse. You could have Mason Rudolph back there, and then Watt. We've seen games where he doesn't play, and the Steelers' defense is just different. Uh, he's that good. Like he is that valuable. He's probably one of the five most valuable non-quarterbacks in the league at this point i mean he's that he's playing at that high of a level so if both of those guys play I w- i'm with you i'll take four i'll take the four and a half i think that's a pretty good bet because the chargers have just they got out to that four and one start like you said mike williams was balling everybody it looked really really good for them and since then i believe they're one and three and mike williams has just disappeared he's, he's not like you said he's a non-factor uh they're just been a different team the last month where they're just eh, whatever they're not they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. The Steelers are are tough. They're, they're going to stay in games. It's going to be an ugly game. So four and a half does sound right. But I can't. I, I couldn't back them if Ben or Water are out.
1: Yeah, I, I think you definitely need injury clarity before maybe you take a position on that game. And that's kind of the theme of the Monday game. You have the Giants at the Buccaneers. And what New York's entire offensive skill talent, it feels like, it, other than Daniel Jones, is on the injury report. All of their receivers. We don't know the status right. of Barkley. And look at how much Tampa Bay has struggled without Antonio Brown, without Rob Gronkowski. They did not play well before the bye. They did not play well after the bye. And that's the first time I've seen the football team really do anything on defense, right? I mean, I, yeah. it wasn't like they were And without stopped. Chase Young, too. Yeah, yeah, Chase Young got hurt in that game as well. So I don't really know where Tampa's at right now. I think they need a B back really bad. I think Gronkowski would help. I think they really miss Brown significantly. And I don't know who Daniel Jones is throwing to. My first... Rush, uh, you know, at this game, I'm probably going to have to make a pick on Wednesday for various contests and pools I'm in. I'll probably take the points, but I think this is another game where we need injury clarity before not only do we set our fantasy lamps, but before maybe we put a buck or two down on this game. A uh, totals 49 and a half. What do you lean with here? Yeah, we're are we just – there's
0: so many relevant fantasy guys in this game. How many game time decisions are there going to be where you're like – Well, I can't wait till Monday night, so let's put in whoever, you know, let's put an Elijah Moore in my lineup just to make sure. I'll take the Giants because I just don't – I don't think this Buccaneers team deserves to be double-digit favorites. They're 3-6 and against the spread this year. They've been overvalued all year. There are games where they look like, wow, okay, this is the Buccaneers we got used to. But Brady didn't look good last week, and I'm not trying to – I'm not going down the always 44 and hitting a wall, you know, not yet, but – it's still in the back of your mind. And yet yeah, this team shouldn't miss a B and Gronk as much as they do. I mean, they still have Bright, They still have OJ Howard. They still have Evans and Godwin are probably the, you know, the, uh, anybody's top two. they, match up favorably with anybody's one two punch at receiver they shouldn't be struggling this much without Antonio Brown like they just shouldn't and the defense couldn't get off the field last week they gave up a 10 minute 26 second drive with the game on the line I just I don't know I, I don't really trust this Bucks team right now and not that I'm, I'm jumping headfirst into the pool to you know bet the Giants but I, double digit points yeah I almost have to just because the Bucks have been pretty bad against the spread this year.
1: The Giants have had moments. I mean, they had the win at New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jones, again, a lot of it speaks to, can Jones just get some consistency and some continuity with his receivers? Because it feels like Galladay has never really been on the team. Shepard got hurt right when he was in a groove. He got hurt right when Tony started to spread his wings. He got hurt. It's it's just hard to know. You you need to have reps with your receivers. You know, You, you need to have some time to build some chemistry. And he hasn't had that, but. Yeah, I'm going to lean the Giants, too. If the Buccaneers find their way and they they put up the big, you know, this is a game where they they show everybody that they're the defending champs and the road to the Super Bowl still goes through Tampa Bay. God love them, but I need to see it first. Yeah. Now, a team I was saying the exact same thing. They're slumping. I don't trust them. I need to see it. Can't see Chiefs. Well, last week we saw it. They went to Vegas. They pretty much could name the score in that game. Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. Now they, they're playing the marquee game on Sunday. This is a great one. The Chiefs are at home, spotting two and a half to the Cowboys. And Dak Prescott, he, he's like, by process of elimination, he's one of the few MVP candidates who who maybe is on the upswing right now. And I realized two weeks ago the story was different. But, man, everybody's got a bad game recently. This has got to be a fascinating MVP race. But Cowboys, man, CeeDee Lamb, they tried to single cover him last week, and, and that was just a mistake. Mari Cooper's a really good number two receiver. They have two yeah. good running backs. They have a great offensive line. And maybe Kansas City got their swagger back. I don't know. I, my inclination is that I think Dallas is just a, a deeper team on both sides of the football. I think there's more things I like about Dallas than more things I like about Kansas City. I also don't think teams are intimidated going to Arrowhead the way they used to be. They've lost plenty of home games the last couple of years. As you'd expect, it's a big total. It's 55 and a half. My early lean is on the Cowboys. What say you? Yeah, I love the Cowboys in this game, actually, because,
0: you know, there's another overreaction line. If you think about it, the, the Chiefs before last week, they, they weren't covering spreads. They're barely beating Jordan Love at home. They're barely beating the Giants at home. Everybody was down on them. They go and play one good game against the Raiders. Great game. They played wonderfully. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. And now all of a sudden, they're a a two-and-a-half point favorite against the Cowboys team that legitimately could be the best in the NFL. They had one bad game. They had a terrible game against Denver. But they showed last week that that was just kind of one of those dead spots in the schedule. You just aren't fired up to play the Broncos, and you get beat. Well, they came out and were up 36-3 on the Falcons last week, who, again, are not a terrible team. They're not great, but they're not terrible. So... Uh, what aside from one performance against the Raiders, what gives me any reason to believe the Chiefs are better than the Cowboys this year? Uh, what what has happened that that I would say yes, I trust the Chiefs and just beat the Cowboys, and there's nothing. I, I'll be on the Cowboys here, and if it gets to three, I, it's going to be one of my probably biggest plays of the year so far because I, I just think the Cowboys are a better team. The Chiefs had one great game, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're back in my circle of trust. I look, we, we go back to last week, and I'm sure I said this at the show. I talked about, okay, the the tax is gone with the Chiefs here. You're getting the Chiefs minus two and a half at the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are on empty emotionally. They've been through five seasons worth of drama in 10 weeks. It's just been crazy. And I think that you get to a point where maybe it was the Raiders last week. Maybe the reason the Chiefs look so good is because the Raiders look so bad, and I'm not – look, if the Chiefs come out, if they win this game, they win by 10, I'd be like, wow, okay, I was wrong. The Chiefs are back. They're they're Super Bowl contender again, but I'm not there with them yet. I need to see more than one good game
1: out of them. So do I. So I think that'll probably be a, a play we circle back to at the end of the show and we talk about conviction plays. Let's talk about a team I never get right. I never get the Colts right. And <laughs> last week, I thought they would handle Jacksonville, and you know, Jonathan Taylor ran for a million yards in the first quarter, and the Jaguars did an excellent job on him the rest of the game. Carson Wentz. I'm just never going to trust Carson once again. I, I know he'll have a good game every once in a while, but he played very poorly in that game. The Colts did eke out the win, and they're playing Buffalo, who, you know, off the Jacksonville loss, they go and beat the Jets. What does that really mean? Buffalo's at home. They're spotting seven to Indianapolis. I believe it's a playoff rematch. The total is set at 50. Again, I've been wrong on the Colts most of the year. I don't think I have a great feel for the Bills either, so I'm going to hope that you can maybe steer me to the right side here. I'll be on the Colts because I... When I go to BetMGM, I see the
0: Bills are the Super Bowl favorite or co-favorite. I haven't looked this week yet. I see that Josh Allen is the co-MVP favorite or in one or you know, maybe in the two spot this week. Why? What have the Bills really done this season that gives us any reason to believe that they're the team we thought they were before the season started? And I, hey, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I picked Josh Allen win MVP. I would love if those things came true, but we're sitting here ten weeks into the season. And the best thing on the Bills' resume is a win at Kansas City, which is not aging great, and a bunch of blowouts against bad teams. Well, okay, like it's great to blow out the Jets and the uh, you know, and the Texans. They blew them out too. They also lost to the Jaguars. They looked terrible against the Steelers. Lost to the Titans in a game they probably shouldn't have lost. And you're just like, well, are the Bills really good? And if the answer is no, then you've got to take the seven with the Colts, who I do think are a pretty good team. Uh, they, they had some bad losses early when they were really, really banged up. I, I think that as long as Quentin Nelson plays, and that's weird to say for a guard, but it really does have a huge difference for them, especially with the way they want to play, just having Jonathan Taylor run the ball a ton. I, I think the Colts keep this close. They're well coached. They've been playing well. They're a pretty good team. You You hope Carson Wentz doesn't lose his mind and start throwing picks. This Bills defense is really good, but I just don't know that I I, I don't. I've kind of jumped off this Bills bandwagon because the last few weeks, you know, it's just like, all right, well, you you got four interceptions off Mike White. That's great. Does that mean you didn't lose to the Jaguars? No, you you actually did. You lost to one of the worst teams of football. I got scored six points on them. They're just too inconsistent for me right now. And so, I guess you know, hey, go back to this win in doubt. Take the points. I'll take the seven into the Colts.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I'll be too. You know, the Josh Allen MVP odds don't make any sense to me. His YPA is no. way down. And, and I get, look, every star quarterback has had some downturn to their season. You can say something negative about every one of them. But what has Allen done? I think right now he is the most mispriced quarterback in the MVP market. He's at oh, a number he's like, he's where on. you should not even think for a second. I don't care if you're the biggest Buffalo homer in the world. I'd be like, yeah, I'll find something else to bet. You know, I, this is Josh Allen for MVP is the dumbest bet on the board right now. But like plus 300 or something. I don't see that at all. Yeah, I got him plus 1200 in August.
0: And I feel sure. like that I, I I see the odds. And I, I start to get excited. And then I'm like, no, he's not. He wouldn't get a single vote today if they had the vote. And I think it's still 50 people who vote. Not one of the 50 would vote for Josh Allen. I feel pretty confident saying that. I, I don't and I don't who think it's win? even
1: who, who do you think would win if they voted today?
0: I think it'd be Brady. I think just, you know, I mean, if we're just taking, if, if you're able to, to block out what happened most recently and you take the totality of the season, I do think it's Brady. But you can make an argument for a bun- bunch of guys. I, I mean, right now, I, I do think, yeah, that, could Josh Allen win the MVP? Yeah, he sure could. I mean, there's there's no separation between these guys. So if one guy has a great kick for the last month and a half, he probably will win, but right now, no, Josh Allen is not even sniffing an MVP at this moment.
1: Yeah, what, what doesn't make sense to me, Frank, is like if I pretend I, I had to go on special assignment in Tibet and I missed the first 10 weeks of the NFL season and you welcome me back and you're going to brief me on what's going on. You say, hey, hey, look, look at the MVP odds first. I'll give you an idea of what's going on. All right. I'd see the MVP odds and go, oh, wow, Josh Allen is just going scorched earth, right? It, it, I, I bet Stephon Diggs has like 11 touchdowns or something. And, you know, uh, no, none of that stuff is happening. Diggs has had a disappointing season. Sanders has, has been invisible for about a month. Uh, they lost Dawson Knox, and that actually seemed to take some wind out of their sails. Their running game hasn't gotten going. right? And look at some of the losses. To a Pittsburgh team nobody thinks is great, to a Jacksonville team that everybody knows is terrible— they lost to Tennessee. who They're a tough team to figure. They're obviously a, a good team, but they're kind of a junkyard dog, you know, win-ugly team. I don't think anybody thinks the Titans are going to the Super Bowl except maybe the the biggest Tennessee homers. The, the odds, there's just a disconnect here. I, I The yeah, odds suggest ironic. that Josh Allen's having a great year, and I feel like he's taking a significant step back. Could he play well in the second half and earn the MVP? Sure. I don't think he's done anything right now to really build that case. It sounds like we're on the same page with that. A couple of quarterbacks, I don't really know what to make of. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I guess he's in the MVP hunt to some degree. Up at Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, sometimes just feels like he's just good enough to lose with. I, I know the metrics like him. I know he does well in the PFF grading, but, man, he's frustrating. All those throws short of the sticks. I don't know why it took until last week before they really started peppering Justin Jefferson again. Look, I like Adam Thielen. I like Ty Conklin for what they are. Jefferson needs to have 10 targets off the bus. He can. He's open even when he's not open. So interesting to see what we make of this game. Aaron Jones sounds like he's going to be out for a few weeks. So will fire up AJ Dillon. There's no real analysis needed on that. The Packers are two and a half point favorites on the road. The total is 49 and a half. What's your first look at Green Bay, Minnesota? I, I think the Vikings win. I really do. And there's a
0: at some of it's some of it's illogical. I'll admit, but the Packers have covered every single spread since week one, and that just doesn't happen a lot. Like that that streak is bound to end. And I think the Vikings are, as Charles Robinson put it on our podcast a couple weeks ago, they're the good, bad team in the NFL. You look at their record and you say, uh, th- you know, they're mediocre. They're not. But you watch your games, and like I think like you, you know, you talked about, Justin Jefferson, if, when they get him, I, I wrote this in Power Rankings, when they get Justin Jefferson 10 targets, they are 3-1, and and the one loss was the missed field goal at the end of Arizona, so it should have been 4-0. When they don't get Justin Jefferson 10 targets... They're one and four, and their only win was the last second win over the Lions. It does take an analytics genius to figure out get Justin Jefferson 10 targets, and good things happen. Like, this is it's just you got to figure out a way. Like, Clint Kubiak, like Zimmer and Kubiak meet on Tuesday. The first thing out of Zimmer's mouth needs to be, All right, Clint, how are you getting Justin Jefferson 10 targets? Because we need to start there. Like, that's he. I, I love Dalvin. I love, like you said, Thielen, Conklin, good, good players. Justin Jefferson should be driving that bus. He is a great player. And, I think that hopefully they figure it out. I don't totally trust them, but I think the Vikings are a good team. And the Packers are good, too. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think they're almost due for a loss with Aaron Rodgers. I don't even Whatever happened two weeks ago, it doesn't really matter. But Jordan love. And I think that the crowd's going to be into it. And the Vikings know that they need to win a game like this to really be back in the playoff, truly, honestly be back in the playoff race. I think your defense is much improved. And your offense can put up points. And I also think the line is screaming, hey, please bet the Packers. You're getting the Green Bay Packers who haven't failed to cover the spread since week one. You're getting them less of a field goal? Of course I'm going to take the Packers. No, I don't don't buy that. I think the Vikings cover the spread. I think they win.
1: I'll have them on the money line. I feel pretty good about it. What's interesting about both these teams to me is the defenses have been a lot better than expected. We knew Mike Zimmer wasn't going to have a horrible defense again, but now it's – by the metrics I care about, a top five, top seven, top eight defense. And the Packers, even with key personnel out, you know, no, Alexander, great, most yeah. notably, that defense has been terrific.
0: Absolutely, they have. Yeah, that, the defense is real. like, they don't win that game last week without the defense. I know a lot, I mean, we'll probably talk about Russell in a little bit. He played poorly, but give the defense
1: a credit, too. They did shut out Russell Wilson and the Seahawks for the first time ever in Russell Wilson's career. So a few weeks ago, the Bengals went to Baltimore, and beat down of the Ravens. And I wrote a love letter to Cincinnati's grown up. They're legitimate. Yep. They're going to be a playoff team. The borough thing's worked out. Jamar Chase is, is everything in a bag of chips. And all they've done since then is just play some horrible football with a bye week thrown in. And now they go to Las Vegas to a Raiders team that's really hard to figure out. Obviously, they've had 10 years of turmoil. Uh, the Gruden story, the awful Henry Rugg story, I mean, that has to affect a team. And it's, it's awkward to talk about. I mean, there's been a loss of human life. There's been you know all the ugliness with the Gruden story. Now he's suing the NFL and nobody enjoys any of that. The Raiders are actually an underdog in this game at home. They're catching a point. The total is 49. I struggle with both these teams. I, I don't have a good feel for this. This will not be one of my, my five throwing darts. This will not be a game I bet on, but we have to pick them all. We have to talk about them all. What do you make of Cincinnati at Vegas?
0: Uh, my first inclination was the Bengals. They're coming off the bye. I, I do think the Raiders' tank is on empty. I really do. I just think that they've been through too much. And they had that that bump, right, with John Gruden. Like we talked about I, I had them when they went to Denver because I said, they're going to have a little emotional bump with you know a new coach. They're going to rally. But that can't go on multiple weeks. And then all the other stuff happens, obviously, the rugs thing and everything else. And I just don't know that they— can, I just think they're a little bit beaten down from this season. It's it's 93 Houston Oilers-esque, right? Like where everything is just a crazy headline. And that's tough to deal with. And, uh, you know, they've faded in other seasons before the last two seasons. I, I guess it's just, do I trust the Bengals as a, a road uh, favorite right here? I, it's tough. It's tough for me to say, yes, I have a lot of conviction that the Bengals – are going to play like they did at the Ravens a few weeks ago, that the bye week's going to rejuvenate them. I'll, I'm on that side. I'll probably, I'll probably have some cash on it, but I can't tell you that I, I won't feel dumb about it if the Raiders come out and win this game because I don't know that I should necessarily be in a position of trusting Cincinnati on the road at this point.
1: Yeah, there's a point where I really wanted to buy in on the Bengals defense, and I've mm-hmm. certainly backed off that statement. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned the Oilers 93. If you get a chance, NFL Network did a documentary called Houston 93, a couple of great 90s documentaries they did. They did one called Cleveland 95, which was the last year of the Browns before they moved to Baltimore. Uh, Bill Belichick coached that team. Sports Illustrated actually picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl that year. And, of course, Belichick's staff is filled with all sorts of people who became prominent in the NFL other places right I mean Dimitrov's on that staff at one point Nick Saban was part of his staff not the 95 team but but earlier so you get to see them all wearing you know 1990s fashion and talking football that's terrific and the 93 team was you know the famous Buddy Ryan Kevin Gilbride punch and yeah, what, you know, know. Uh, what's Joe Montana beating them in the playoffs with a the cash the tight end throws the football at Buddy Ryan's um the banner of Buddy <laughs> Ryan's banner. face which is great yeah. it was a direct hit so that's good stuff I hope you check that out. I, I I think I'm going to wait as long as I can before I commit to a Cincinnati-Vegas pick. I Just not a game I feel very confident about. A couple other teams that are I think are really difficult to figure out. The Saints, I thought Trevor, Trevor Simeon would be a mess. I thought he would play so poorly that by now they'd be going to Taysom Hill. That has not proven to be correct. And look at the Eagles. That They're at Philadelphia this week. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives. They didn't want to try to run the ball. Then they lost Miles Sanders, and then they completely went 180 on their offense. Now right. they run the ball like the 1975 Oklahoma Huskers, and they're going limited on the passing. Hertz has protected the ball. Devonta Smith's making big plays every week, not getting a lot of target volume, mind you, but he's been interesting. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home over at MGM, a very low total of 43.5. I feel like I've gotten the Saints and Eagles wrong a lot, too. These are just teams I don't have great reads for. But the Saints on their best day, they take down Tampa Bay, look great. On their worst day, they lose at home to the Giants. And we've seen the Eagles be kind of a helter-skelter team. What's your lean on Philadelphia and New Orleans? None. I mean, this is a game that confuses me. I can talk myself
0: in and out of each one of these teams. I've been team fade Eagles all year. They've burned me a few times, really burned me last week. I was on Denver, who laid an egg because nothing last week to week in this league, right? The Saints, I was against them last week, especially after Kamara was out. I was like, uh, how are the Saints even going to move the ball without really stopping to think, well, the Titans aren't going to move the ball either without Julio and Derrick Henry. So uh, they, uh, you know, they, both of these teams, trying to fade them last week, screwed me. And uh, I I just don't have a a strong lean here. I guess at the end of the day, I'll take Saints because I kind of trust their defense. And Simeon has played well. He's Played a lot better than I thought he would. I guess I'll take Saints in, in like our pick 'em pool or whatever. But I, I can't imagine having any cash on this one.
1: Yeah, maybe just a, a pick on Sean Payton over Nick Sirianni. I, yeah, I can get behind right, that. Yeah. And, and the Saints do. If you look at all these units, the offense and the defense, the one unit I think always shows up but this is New Orleans defense. So I, I guess that's probably where the where the check will go. But I'm none of my hard earned cash. No jelly beans from the Pienowski household is going to go on this football game. Man, 43 and a half, too. That's a very low total very low. in today's NFL. It's also the total, by the way, of the football team and the Panthers both coming off surprising and inspiring wins. Like Taylor Heineke, I guess he sees the Buccaneers and something kind of inspires him. And the football team finally played some defense last week. Right. And what did Carolina do? Uh, although it was mostly the Walker show, Cam Newton got some snaps. He got Robbie Anderson in the end zone, which I thought was probably an impossibility. Now it seems like, Cam's probably in line to start this week. Carolina's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. As I mentioned, the total is just 43 and a half. Man, I, I, I don't know. I thought both these teams were just dead teams walking a week ago. The Panthers do have a good defense, but I, they've gotten so little out of D.J. Moore. They've gotten so little out of Robbie Anderson. Cam's still a guy off the couch. I know he had a couple of nice snaps last week, but I, I don't know. I could see him doing anything as a starter, good or bad. The football team has been probably the team I've been wrong on the most this year. I thought they were a playoff team. I thought they were the best team in the NFC East before yeah, the season. That's comically wrong, of course, and I'll take a huge loss on that. What's your lean in the Ron Rivera Bowl between uh, football team Panthers?
0: I, I know you just glossed over this, but I would have a, I, I really want to dive into this a little bit. What do we expect out of Cam? Like, I, I think he's going to start, obviously, Sunday. They're not giving him the first-team reps to not start him on Sunday. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Like— he did give them a nice old jolt, and you could tell everybody was fired up around him and, and the energy was there. But the last time we saw him be a starting quarterback with the Patriots last year, he couldn't throw the ball. I don't know if that was because the Patriots had no talent around him or they wanted him to play a certain way, mostly as a runner, more than a passer. I don't know if some... I just don't know. I, I You could tell me that Cam Newton will be the worst quarterback in the league this week or a fringe-like... Top twelve type of guy. I, I believe either. I, I don't know. What what if you had to pick a lane on Cam
1: Newton right now, where are you going? Well, I mean, I have to say wide range of outcomes. Again, if if you had skipped the early wave, you come in and I tell you, oh yeah, Cam's five for nineteen, you would believe it. Right. If I told you Cam had two rushing touchdowns and, and two t- two passing touchdowns, you might believe that too. <laughs> right. The thing the thing with Newton, last year it's so hard. The attribution is so difficult, as you say, because the Patriots had bad skill talent. And Newton had the early COVID case, and he was very open about how he felt like it lingered, that he didn't feel like himself the rest of the season. Remember, he had that great game, second game of the year against Seattle. He threw for like almost 400 yards. He looked really good in that. And I was walking back all my, oh, this isn't going to work out. What a bad signing this was. I'm like, oh, maybe it is going to work out. And then, of course, he got – he ended up getting sick, and and then he was – you know, late in the year, he had like five or six touchdown passes when everybody else had like 22 or whatever. <laughs> there was camp stuck <sighs> on like five. It just didn't make any sense. I I wonder if maybe you can last week could be about enthusiasm, could be about him just having to learn a very small amount of the playbook. So if the football team were if they were a like a 500 team, a team I could hang my hat on something. If their defense was like, you know, 11th in the league right now or something be, oh, yeah, you have to take the football team. The thing is, Washington's let me down all year. Even last week, I'm not really sure what they did well. I, I almost feel like the Buccaneers just played like garbage that game. I don't know. I don't. What did Washington do last week that impressed you? Because I really didn't right, see i
0: kind of moving the chains with Antonio Gibson, who didn't have a great game by any means, but he was good enough. I mean, that's – yeah, they got the two interceptions early. I'll probably – see, and – I do wonder if the Panthers are just better not having Sam Darnold quarterback. Like It could be anybody. It could be anybody. Like, it's just—but I think you brought up just a good point that I hadn't really thought about a ton. But, you know, just because Cam Newton's back to the Panthers— doesn't mean this is the Panthers he's used to. He's having to learn an entirely new playbook. Like Joe Brady, Matt Rule, they're running Ron Rivera's offense, right? Like, this is a totally—like, yeah, the, the uniform, his teammates are very familiar. The uniform looks familiar on him, but the offense is totally different. And he's going to be, like, what, nine days into his, his Panthers 2.0 era when he starts on Sunday. I'll end up on the Panthers, and I'll probably— I, I probably I'm willing to feel dumb just buying into this narrative that Cam's back and it's going to be great and I I, I but I'm you know what I, I think the Panthers around the quarterback position are pretty good I haven't given up that ghost especially Chris McCaffrey back and again as long as it's not Sam Darnold starting a quarterback maybe this is a viable team and, and even a the same 2015 Cam but maybe this version of Cam can be good enough for
1: them I reserve the right to change my mind on this later in the week, but because the one unit of these four, I can believe it is the Carolina defense mm-hmm. and the lines only three and a half. I think I'll probably lean Carolina, but uh, I'm, I'm going to again, take as long as I can to make this pick and it won't be for any of my hard-earned cash. Maybe Frank, can we get of your hard-earned cash when Baltimore goes to Chicago? I don't know what the Ravens did at Miami. And I realized Miami oh. threw some, oh. some looks at Omar Jackson that confused him, but it shouldn't be, Baltimore should have been able to figure that out over the course of three hours. They right. did not f- figure that out. It's not like Miami's offense was it up either, but man, did that Ravens offense was terrible in that game. They've had a week and a half to lick their wounds, trying to figure things out. Chicago's catching six and a half as the home underdog. The total is 45 and a half. What do you do in Baltimore Chicago? I'll probably go Chicago.
0: I think that Fields is getting better and better, and he that the second half of the game before the bye gives him a lot of confidence. It gives the coaching staff some confidence in him too. They've I think they're going to try to transfer a little bit away from the if we throw the ball more than twelve times or Justin Fields in this game, we're going to spontaneously combust. Like I mean, no, no, you you can actually let this kid play a little bit now. And he can make some plays. He can make some things happen. It looks like Eddie Jackson and Cleo Mack might be back, which is huge for their defense. And the Ravens really haven't blown anybody out. They haven't been great against the spread. They're they're one of the three teams that have been bad against the spread, that are good teams that have been bad against the spread. And that's the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Ravens of all, you know, at least three games under five hundred against the spread, even though they have good overall records. So I don't know that I'm willing to, to lay six and a half of the Ravens team that's not been covering spreads. I think the Bears are, uh, you know, at least feisty at at this point. The Ravens, last week, my goodness, that was awful to watch. It was just so frustrating. Miami ran cover zero against them. I think it was 32 of 50 dropbacks, which is an insane strategy. It's just basically, we're never going to play deep safety against you. Beat us if you can. And they couldn't. Uh, They were kind of shocked by it, I think, and didn't adjust I don't know that the Bears are necessarily going to go that blitz heavy, but they're going to blitz him and, and figure out, hey, maybe this is something he can't function against. So everything points to the Bears for me. I, I just don't trust the Ravens in the spot laying that many points.
1: Yeah, I'm probably gonna be in the Bears too, thinking it's too many points. Would it really be 12 and a half in Baltimore? And I like what Fields I thought Fields showed a lot. Well, Pittsburgh's a hard place to play. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't the greatest Steelers team, but still a good defensive team. Pittsburgh had to lead the whole way, and Fields did not look out of out of the moment, I mean, he looked poised. You know, he looked confident. He looked like, okay, we got this. And I really think Chicago probably would have won that game if not for some questionable officiating. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. anybody enjoyed that Monday night game unless you were a Steelers fan. So I'm going to lead Chicago in that one. I've been having a real difficult time in the NFC West. Um, the, the Rams and the 49ers only being my most recent foible in that division. The Cardinals, what do you do with these guys? We don't know if Tyler Murray is going to be back. Cliff says it's probably going to be touch and go all week. Until they find out the status of him and Russell Wilson looked like a guy who came back too early last week. I mean, a bunch of off-target throws. Again, I, I think Seattle could have played offense all day and not scored. They had three hours. No, they're terrible. Um, yeah. You know, the, the most exciting thing the Seahawks did was get Metcalf uh, ejected, and then he tried to sneak back on the field anyway. Unfortunately, when you're DK Metcalf, they're going to notice <laughs> you're you. Gonna you have, have your name on your jersey, you away. have a yeah, number, yeah. you you have your hair a different color. You, the officials tend to notice that. Got anyway, Seattle is a pythons, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you're, yeah. Not, you're not getting away. Dead giveaway. Um, so Seattle's a two and a half point underdog at home. The total is forty nine and a half. Seattle's been disappointment all year. I don't know who Arizona is right now. I don't know who their quarterback is. I think it's a very difficult game to handicap right now. Yeah, uh, impossible almost. I mean, I, I,
0: you look back and and shortly after kickoff on Sunday, you were like, why didn't I? Put a car payment on the Carolina Panthers plus ten. The Cardinals don't have Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray, or DeAndre Hopkins, or JJ Watt for you know a couple of weeks now. Why, why on earth would I not take a double digit team, against, a double digit underdog against them? I, I was on the Panthers, but I was like, wow, I, I, this was a money making opportunity. It was just a bad line, well, and that's
1: why I'm getting this division wrong all the time because I thought I thought San Francisco was such an obvious pick the previous week and that they right. were going to beat the Me start too. out of Arizona. Yeah. And when that didn't happen, I'm like, okay, I give up on the 49ers, and maybe Arizona, maybe Kingsbury's just doing a better job than I thought. I did have Carolina last week, so I'll, I'll give myself that. But I, both times Arizona played San Francisco, I thought San Francisco was the screaming side to take. And then yeah. I think San Francisco actually played well in the first game, just didn't finish the job because Lance was really bad in that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I don't know what their excuse was against Colt McCoy in the second meeting because they, they got dump trucked in that game. Totally. This, this, bad. Me, yeah, this, this division is This division killing me. Yeah, the Cardinals is just looked
0: bad last week. And it, it all of a sudden, it's an aha moment of like, oh, yeah, this is what happens when you're without your three best offensive players. OK, that makes sense. So I, I can't but you know, here's the question I'm going to ask you, and I'm being selfish, and I'm sure there's other people out there are going to wrestle with the same thing. If you have a reasonable option as your number two quarterback, do you start Russell Wilson in fantasy this week? Yes, you don't do? have
1: to. You can certainly bench him. I- He's very
0: benchable. I, I think so, too. I, he looked awful last week. And I, I, you know, I was on, you know, I think it was this one, yeah, the Sportsbook Daily, and I kept saying, like, just because he's back doesn't mean he's back, if you know what I mean. Like, he was obviously rushing. He was never going to be 100% from a major finger injury, surgery, and he was just he, I think he completed two 15 passes that traveled 10 or more yards. Like That ain't Russell Wilson. Maybe one week is enough to knock off the rest and he's going to look a lot better, but how could you know? How could you know? This This might be a game where I play it in-game w- once we see Russell for a, a drive, once we know who's healthy, how Kyler's moving, if he plays at all. I, there's, I, I can't imagine myself pre-flop having anything on this game because it's just both teams are absolutely confusing right now.
1: No, no, this isn't a comment on last week, but do you get the feeling this is the final year for Russell Wilson in Seattle?
0: Yeah, me and Charles talked about that on Sunday night, and he brought it up. And I, it, it does a little bit, and it's almost like a big losing streak for the Seahawks the rest of the year with a compromised Wilson would almost ironically like lead to that, right? Because if the Seahawks finish, I, I don't know, seven and ten, six and eleven, whatever it's going to be with Russ not looking like Russ. At that point, maybe it's just like, okay, guys, let's just hit the reset button and move on. I don't agree with that. I think the Seahawks should hold on to Russell Wilson until he looks like 2021 Ben Roethlisberger. But it it almost seems like we're heading towards Seattle misses the playoffs. Seattle has their first really bad season in this Russell Wilson Carroll era, and everybody
1: just decides, hey, let's let's figure out a fresh start. So now we get to the point program. We get to talk Houston Texas football. Nothing better than that. They traveled to Tennessee. (laughs) Uh, the Titans keep winning. Uh, they they can't even get the 300 yards of offense the last two weeks, but they keep winning. Surprise, this total is, is the spread is only 10, uh, minus 10 for Tennessee at home. I know their offense isn't playing well, but Texans are probably the worst team in football. The total is 44.5. I'm not a fan of giving double-digit points, but I can't say anything good about Houston. What, Randy Cook's having a nice season? I guess that's something nice. But I, I don't see anything good about the Texans. How many points are they going to score? 10, 13, 7? Yeah, right. So even though I generally don't like to give the double digits, I'm probably going to swallow the wood and take Tennessee. What do you think?
0: I'll probably be on plus 10, although that's just some pick-em-pulls or whatever, because how could you bet with any conviction on the Houston Texans right now? But, you know, I wrote this in my leading power rankings, and I don't think this is a big secret or anything, but the Titans are are a paper champion. Like, they're not—everybody, you know, I even heard at the end of the Monday night game, like, oh, the Tennessee Titans might be the class of the AFC. Are they? Like you said, like— this team, based on their schedule, what they have coming up, the schedule does get a lot easier. There a really good chance they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Will anybody pick them to win the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I won't. I mean, who knows what's going to happen these last seven weeks or so, eight weeks. But I just don't have any faith in this Titans team being good. Like, their their offense has been really bad the last couple of weeks without Derek Henry. Now I get it. He played the Rams and the Saints, who are good defenses. But I don't have really a lot of faith in a Dante Form and Marcus Johnson offense, putting up a ton of points. It's just, it's going to be a slog for them the rest of the season, unless Henry miraculously returns. So I can't, I just can't lay 10 with them, but I can't really bet on the Houston Texans. I don't know how many points you'd have to give me on a Houston Texans line
1: for me to feel good about betting them. And it's not just as big of a hit as Henry is. They've gotten almost nothing out of Julio Jones. And nothing, A.J. Yeah. Brown has been hurt off and on this season, too. Mm-hmm. So you have – this offense was top-heavy to begin with, and they were asking three guys to play at a Pro Bowl level. Henry was doing it when when healthy Brown was doing it, I think. And Julio really has been a disappointment. I, I would have to say they regret making that Julio trade. They, they won't they say it publicly. To, yeah, yeah. They've got nothing out of him. And he's, nothing. what, 32 now with a lot yeah. of attrition? Yeah. I would not be surprised at all if Julio Jones went the Calvin Johnson route and just said, OK, it's been a great. It's been really fun. See you in the Hall of Fame in five years. You know, um, I, I don't know how much longer. He's the type of receiver, too, with all the hits he's taken. Even Julio at his peak, you'd always see him hobbling a lot and stuff. Sure, his his yeah. body's gone through a lot of attrition. I, I just don't know that there's that much there. Man, what, what they wouldn't give for a tight end right now, an impact tight end, you know, a Darren Waller type of player. They have got nothing other tight ends. Anthony Firkser was he have like eight yards in the rece- of the receiving of the season? <laughs> I thought he was a fantasy sleeper. He's just been flat out asleep. Yeah, hibernation. That said, the Titans' defense has been better than expected. And yes, much better. I, I think they can hold Texas, uh, Texans down to ten or less. So I'll probably lay the wood uh, again. Re- recurring theme here: not not a game that I'm eager to to risk any of my hard earned money on. But who knows? Maybe that game is San Francisco at Jacksonville. The Jaguars are catching six and a half over at bed. MGM over under is 46 and a half. Well, to keep an eye on Eli Mitchell. Seems like he may have broken a finger in that Rams game. So it might be time to fire up. Wilson as the next backup. Or who knows? Maybe Trey Sermon can come out of the doghouse. <laughs> Frank, did you get any Debo Samuel this year? Because he's, he's just did. a blast. And uh, I'm underweight on Samuel. Uh, sad to say that because um, he's just so much fun. Are the Niners back in business after that big win over the Rams, or do we hold our nose and take the Jaguars at home?
0: Yeah, I, in my one main league, and this is why you have co owners. I was not a, I, I was more of an IUC guy than Samuel, and I kind of ignored the whole like, oh, IUC is not having a great camp and all this kind of stuff. But my co owner stood on the table for Debo Samuel. I think it was like eighth round. You know, I was like, I was like, all right, I, I'm not going to fight you on it. Let's go with Debo. I can't remember who we took him over, but it was somebody who was not as good as Debo Samuel. Let me put it to you that way. And we're doing really well in that league, obviously. We also had Mike Williams in that league, and it was looking like, wow, we got the two breakout stars, and then one of them went by the wayside. But anyway, enough about my fantasy team. This, I'll be on the 49ers in this game. I get it. There's a big chance for an emotional letdown, but I don't trust the Jaguars. I know they covered last week, but they were also down 17-zip in the first quarter, and I, I, it just didn't feel like a game they were ever going to win. Uh, they, I don't, they didn't get lucky to cover, but it wasn't some impressive performance or anything. I'll give them credit for fighting that's about it they they battled they stood in it but they 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 didn't knock my socks off or anything whereas the 49ers looked really good I think that they're built for this kind of game with the positive game script. They can get the running game going, whether it's Mitchell or Wilson or Sir Ms. Sermon. Like, where yeah, is he even in San Francisco anymore? Did he just retire and not tell us? We don't know. I mean, he's he's so far in the doghouse, I don't even know if they could find him anymore. They might have to, you know, go find Kevin Barlow or something to start over him this week. But I think this is a prime teaser game. Like, wh- why wouldn't you, right? You can get the 49ers to basically pick him. I don't know who I'd pair him with at this point, but... I don't think the Jaguars beat the 49ers straight up. But then again, the last few weeks has been paved with me saying, I can't imagine this favorite losing and then they lose. So I might be wrong, but I, I like the 49ers here. So I just think they're a far superior
1: team. I know. I've, I've been having a fun time cashing over tickets with Dan Arnold, who's been a really solid. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, Dan Arnold has been my man. I mean, he, yeah, he's been he finally,
0: gold, right? Every week got the two-point conversion. So you, you scroll too. all the way down, find Dan mm-hmm. Arnold, and you just cash money, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, 64 yards a week. Never scores a touchdown, but he did catch a two-point conversion, so who knows? Maybe he's on the Jacoby Myers path. First, it's the two-pointers, then it's the six-pointers, and then uh, Profit. All right, now it's time to talk about the Detroit Lions. Who um, did, did they give a half Gatorade path to Dan Campbell? <laughs> what was he doing? Calling timeouts, trying to prolong the Steelers' final drive. I, that game, man. That you, could, you could do a documentary on just how poorly coached it was, how poorly played it was, how poorly officiated it was. When the Lions had that game-winning field goal kick, it was struck so poorly that the oh. announcers assumed it had to be blocked. Right, how could right. the kick have been that terrible? Right. Um, yeah, Ken Tremendous, the, the great Michael Scher, who's a was a writer in the office, executive producer and all that. He joked that, you know, why did the Lions pick that time to, to take the field goal kicker from the from the crowd? You know, somebody who won a promotion. <laughs> you know, that's how awful that kick was. You know, Rudolph was a mess. There were fumbles. There were drops there, there were questionable. F- I, it just everything about that game was a mess, which, which almost made the game actually endearing. And now they go to Cleveland, they're catching 10 against the Browns team that other than the first drive of the game did nothing right. Everything went wrong. Mayfield's dinged up. They they think he's going to play in week 11, but hey, at this point, I think a healthy Case Keenum might be maybe the better choice than a a dinged up Baker Mayfield. Keenum has a history with Stefanski. He was perfectly fine when they needed him to start earlier in the season, I thought. I mean, look, is he as good as a healthy Baker Mayfield? No. Baker Mayfield's not healthy right now. I don't Mm -hmm. like the Cleveland passing game. My lean is going to be to the plucky Lions. I don't think they've quit on Campbell. There's some weeks that they've looked terrible. They get crushed by the Eagles. They're going to have, and look, if the the Browns win this game 40 to three, nobody will be surprised, but I think the Lions at least show up. They have a couple of players on offense who I like. I don't like Goff, but I mean, I like Swift, you know, Hawkinson. I know he did nothing last week. He's still an impact player and the defense plays hard. I don't, I Uh don't think this team has, has tanked. I don't think, you know, I get the feeling in Jacksonville, they can't wait until Urban Meyer's gone. I don't feel that way about Dan Campbell and the Lions. So although it's hard to back Detroit, again, they still don't have a win. They only have that one tie. I'm probably going to grab the 10 here. What do you say?
0: Yeah, same. I, 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 just in terms of this game, I would feel a lot more confident about it had the Browns been better last week. But I think there's going to be an upset, angry Browns team that comes in, and that might lead to a blowout. Like, let's say the Browns would have gone into New England and won last week, like I thought they would, with one of my worst picks of the year. Then I think that the Browns may be let down, and that maybe the Lions, you know, stick in the game long enough where they can pull off the upset and at least cover the spread. I don't think the Browns are overlooking anybody after losing 45-7 or whatever the final was there. I mean, they just look terrible. They know they need to play better than that. They're going, be, they're going to be focused, I think, anyway, in a spot where you're usually not focused against the 0-8-1 Lions. You're usually like, all right, who we got next? We're going to win this game. And that's why you see all these big favorites losing lately because it's just hard during a long season to stay focused. I think I'll be on Lions, but I would have felt a lot better about it had the Browns not done a total
1: faceplant last week. Back in the early 1980s, I believe it was 1980, NBC did an experiment with the Dolphins and the Jets. They had uh-huh. a game with no announcers. Yep. Okay. Just I remember quick. that. That was awesome. I have no problem if they want to reprise that. For, <laughs> for week 11, Dolphins no, at Jets. No like, cameras, I know my,
0: no fans, no
1: announcers. You don't need to televise so. it. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. just put the game on the 10-minute ticker. Every 10 minutes, <laughs> give me a Dolphins-Jets score. I'll be fine with that. You know, superimpose Pete axelm or, or Paul McGuire or... Bob Costas, somebody from NBC yesteryear, fine with that. I know the Dolphins had a nice win over the Ravens, good for them. And I know the Jets have have been plucky on offense here and there, although the Bills beat holding not on them. The Jets defense just can't stop a nosebleed right now. As far as the betting goes, uh, Miami is a five uh, five a three point favorite on the road at the Meadowlands. The total is forty five and a half. What's your lean? I mean, again, we're pitching these ideas to you, NBC. You don't know if you, you want to take them or not. Or I guess this is. Uh, who, who would have this game? This a CBS. CBS game, I think I it's CBS. I don't think yeah, Romo so is I don't think Nance and Romo are going to be seeing this yeah, one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a Nance <laughs> and Romo game. But um, <laughs> as far as the people, the uh, the fantasy players and the people who want to bet on this game, I'm sure there'll be a ton of handle, Dolphins, Jets. Uh, what's your uh, advice? Yeah. I actually
0: like the Dolphins because, you know, those like you know uh, Twitter, like what's the unpopular opinion that you don't want to share with anybody? Mine is kind of that Tua's not that bad. Okay. Everybody is just buried Tua, and I get it. He can't stay healthy, and he's not a dynamic, and he's not Justin Herbert, but he's done some things. He came off the bench last week in a tough spot. He airmailed his first few passes, and then he settled down and played pretty well. If you look at the games he's played against bad defenses, he's put up some good, good production, and I, I, I have to start him in the league this week, and I don't feel that bad about it either because I think he's going to do just fine against the Jets. And I think if Tua plays well, I think the Dolphins— You know, they're going to win this game and they're going to win it easily against a Jets team that has given up, I think it's the most points in a four game stretch since 1970, or the second most. It was like the 2005 Titans gave up one more point than the Mm -hmm. Dolphins have the last four weeks, than the Jets have the last four weeks. This Jets defense is awful. I think Salah might be a bad coach, uh, I, at least, at very least this year he's not doing well. I, I don't know, like, what's going on with that defense, but they can't stop anybody. I think the Dolphins got enough talent on offense to put up some points against the worst defense in the league. And I I actually, like, as much as we joke about not wanting you know, to watch this game or anything, I'm going to probably bet on the Dolphins, and uh, I'll be the one guy. I'll be the one guy who's like, hey, can you get that Dolphins game on in the corner here? I, I really want to check that out.
1: And say this for Flores, right? I mean, they, they came up with, and I don't know if it was him or the defensive coaching staff, but they came up with an imaginative game plan to make a Ravens team that we all thought was good I thought Jackson was gathering MVP steam. They made the Ravens look really bad a week ago. That's really something. Bad. They beat a team that's good. We all know, is Baltimore great? Maybe not. Are they a good playoff team? I think unquestionably, yes.
0: Yeah, and, and it's you could gain some momentum off of that. We, the Dolphins were a 10-win team last year. I mean, I, I know they're not that this year, and I know they're not good, but who knows? I think they're better than the Jets, especially with Tua starting, especially with I, I have
1: enough confidence that I'm moving the ball in that Jets defense with Tua at the quarterback. Okay. Time to pound the table, give people the too long, didn't listen, conviction plays. I'm going to conviction play the Steelers, and I am definitely going to be on the Cowboys. Uh, Who are your strongest plays right now as we look at the slate? Yeah, I'm not going to throw the Dolphins in there just in case. You can. I
0: want producer Brett to like erase this after the fact if the Dolphins lose 41 zip because they're the Dolphins. Um, but I, I, yeah, Cowboys for sure. That that one really really stands out to me. Vikings. I'll be on the money line on both of those underdogs. I, I'm pretty sure I'll be on the Colts. Uh, I, I'll probably end up on the Bengals and maybe really regret it. And then the Bears were another one that stood out. I, I think the Bears just too many points, and I don't think that that line's going to go down. I think that. You know, people think Lamar bounce back, whatever. Maybe it gets to seven, and I can grab that. I'd feel pretty good about that one.
1: If you're looking for more betting advice uh, across all various sports, because again, Frank is our handicapper to the stars. Be sure to subscribe to Yahoo Sportsbook Daily on your podcast platform of choice. Of course, we love if you subscribe to this program as well. Leave a good, leave a good review. Don't miss any of the new episodes. We're covering all different stuff. We're giving you pickups. We're giving you picks. We're going to give you stat nerd thursday tomorrow when matt and dalton are are back to preview the patriots and falcons you can also get social with us you're welcome to follow yahoo schwab for the frank schwab experience i'm scott underscore pianowski and all your fantasy news and analysis comes from the team of experts following yahoo fantasy for frank for producer brett i am scott straight cash homie i hope you cash a lot of tickets this week we'll be back next week to run it all down until then friends we are out